Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, Mackie and Jeb with Rami listeners. We're asking you to help us improve the listener experience of this show, whether it's segments, advertisements you hear, you name it, by going to scorenorth.com, keyword MJR, and filling out a quick survey. You can help make the show better. Please help us cater this show and the ads to what you want. Scorenorth.com, keyword MJR. And if you fill it out, Judd will give you an awkward bro hug next time he sees you, I promise. Well, here I am in Boxer Bridge. <laughs> TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. And now on first down, Keenum keeps balls out. Recovered by the Vikings as the two sides trade turnovers for Minnesota. Second down and six. Haskins too high and now picked. McLaren was wide open, but Anthony Harris gets the interception. You always take a W, especially you know when we it's a short week. We had to execute the best that we could. Kind of got off to a shaky start. I'll take I'll take all of that just because you know if I don't if I don't fumble there, um, we go to score and then our defense you know, playing lights out. They usually got the ball back for us, but I'm gonna clean it up. Hey, were you guys like me last night when you're watching the game and it's halftime and it's just kind of a meh game and and you're at halftime and it was a one score game and you're kind of talking yourself into could they lose this like what it's only a one score game at halftime and oh yeah I, I thought know, like this until I heard that Case Keenum yeah. had a concussion I definitely thought they could lose that game and and that's exactly where my mindset turned to oh Dwayne Haskins is coming out for the right. third quarter oh yeah no. <laughs> Zero chance. Yeah, Mike anymore. Zimmer against a rookie quarterback who wasn't expecting to play. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Vikings' chances there. <laughs> Didn't you, you guys think that when Washington got deep in Vikings territory a couple times, I thought, oh, wow. But then they completely freaked out on play calling, too. Yeah. It's like... There was no chance. Why didn't you ask Matthew Collar what plays to run? The plays that they ran were just... They ran... Okay, call that same play from Tech Mobile every time. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I bet you. I bet, win. I'll, I'll bet you if the Vikings just okay. went out with an eight-play Tecmo Super Bowl menu, they would have won that game last night, they, which they basically did, by the way. They ran a play on, I think it was first and goal. Washington ran a play that was from shotgun, handoff Adrian Peterson. Everyone at that point should have gone home and been fired. Shotgun. Think about this. Mm-hmm. Like we've known for years, he doesn't operate from shotgun well. It's a stupid idea. No one does that. And you did it. 
Like, what are you doing? At that point, I said, okay, you know what? Because Washington had a decent game plan before that, but after that, I'm like, okay, this game's but, over. But the Vikings game plan was was so, once you once you got into the third, fourth quarter, and because we, so Manny Hill and I did Vikings Ventline last night, and you know, I think the, the two main criticisms, it was mostly positive because they won the game in their 6-2. and two. The two main criticisms, one, obviously, Xavier Rhodes, and we can talk about that on the show today, Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Um, but the second main criticism was, Felt like they should have won by more. Nineteen to nine, kind of felt like should have been more of like a thirty to seven situation. If you look at the yardage, they doubled up Washington in yardage, and they just they just they kicked a bunch of field goals and had a bunch of penalties. and And my response to that is twofold: one, Thursday games are weird. Thursday games are just guys are banged up. Uh, Adam Thielen was out, so just point number one is Thursday games are weird. But point number two is if you're going into a game against Washington. And they have scored double-digit points once in the last month, and it was against Miami, which is one of like two teams that's worse than Washington. You go in and say, all right, I know we've had a ton of success throwing the ball down the field and taking deep shots to Stephon Diggs. Let's button it up and just make sure that nothing wonky happens. A lot of yeah, short but if passes. That's, if that's your strategy, why are you going for it on fourth down in, on, in, their, in their territory? That's a good question. Like, if you're playing it safe and just saying, hey, let's play keep away, let's win the field position battle and keep them as far from the end zone as we possibly can, they don't score did, double-digit points, and we already yeah. did. So did you see Zim's here. quote about that today? No, I didn't actually. He, he did a conference call and was asked about that this morning and said that that might have been my, the dumbest uh, call I've made, decision <laughs> I've made as coach of this team. I'm glad he admitted to that. To which I shot back. I thought it was pretty dumb. To which I shot back, what are you talking about? Have you seen your challenges? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were you on the call? No. No, I was sitting in here, and I read Courtney Cronin's. Uh, she tweeted it, and I said, are you kidding me? I can give you five challenges. Challenges that are far more dumb than that. Yeah. Because the thing about that fourth down call, though, that was so weird was, I think if Keenum's playing quarterback, he doesn't do that. But Dwayne Haskins was such a disaster. I agree with you because Dwayne think, Haskins was such a disaster. I think Mike Zimmer was like a cat with a ball of yarn when yes. he saw rookie Dwayne Haskins who wasn't prepared to play. He was like, let me give him the ball in his own territory and see if I can stop <laughs> see him. See what happens. And yeah. then batted him around a little bit. <laughs> and then continued. But that, that second throw is because it, it, it's what? It's first and 10 then for Washington at the Vikings 34, right? And Peterson gets four yards, so second and six. And that throw, man, like that wasn't close to sailing. That throw sailed so far over the intended receiver's head. It's like, oh, that's hard yeah. to watch. And the logic again, you're, you're play, playing out Mike Zimmer's logic. It's all right. It's a it's a chance to maybe ice the game if you get it on fourth and one. And Washington's terrible. And so, and my and my thinking, I, I love when coaches are aggressive on fourth down. I I hate it, especially when you get past the fifty and it's fourth and one and fourth and two. And most coaches just auto punt. Because they don't want to deal with the criticism that comes with, you know, the fifty percent or forty percent of the time you don't get it. But I was kind of thinking the only way Washington scores a touchdown in this game is if they start on a short field, and so you're just kind of gifting them a chance to start on a short field. And Mike Zimmer was one step ahead because he knew it didn't matter that they're just terrible. And Dwayne Haskins is Dwayne Haskins, so bravo Mike Zimmer for being two steps ahead. But I going guess. back to the defense for a second, and you can chalk it up to short week Thursday night game if you want, but. I was kind of concerned by, well, very concerned by what I saw from Xavier Rhodes. And I know we'll get into that in a second, but from the defense as a whole, they didn't look good. Washington, when Keenum, when Keenum was in the game, they were able to move the ball pretty easily against the Vikings and then made a stupid mistake and fumbled the ball and then 
like Judd said, they choked when it came to play calling inside the red zone. But for that Washington team to be able to move the ball as easily as they did against the Vikings, and this is the third straight week now that the Vikings defense, which let's not kid ourselves, for everything Kirk Cousins in the offense is doing right now, your defense needs to be your backbone and the strongest unit on this team if we're talking Super Bowl. Three weeks now, they've been unimpressive at least. At least against Philadelphia and against Detroit. They gave up big yards and plenty of points, and they didn't give up a lot of yards or points last night because Case Keenum left the game at halftime and because they couldn't get out of their own way when they got in the red zone, but they were able to move the ball down the field pretty easily when Keenum was in the game the first half. Yeah, I I guess what we don't know is what would the adjustments have been if Case Keenum came out in the second half because the Vikings are... I mean, look at the Green Bay game this season where they, they give up 21 points out of the gate and then nothing the rest of the way because they're great at making adjustments as the game is going on. Mike Zimmer has been, there's been some really, really amazing adjustments throughout the Mike Zimmer tenure. So we don't know if they would have countered something with, I mean, obviously the, Washington just made it a moot point by putting Dwayne Haskins in the game. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying the defense has been unimpressive. I think it's fair to say Xavier Rhodes has been unimpressive. And if you were to just, it's almost like, not to throw my guy under the bus here, but like, sometimes if you just replace Andrew Wiggins with literally anybody, the Wolves are better. And I think the Vikings are at the point where they clearly have three better cornerbacks on their roster right now. And if you just take away Xavier Rhodes' snaps, think about this, you guys. Washington went into that game, one of the worst teams in the NFL, playing on the road with not one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the NFL and said, we're going to pick on Xavier Rhodes. Who would have thought that two or three years ago, that that type of a team is going to come in and say, all right, our chance to win this game is to pick on that guy. They, they watched the Detroit game. That's, but that's they, where they we're they at watch the, there's, uh, there's about two things at work here, I think. One is Rhodes, and we, we could talk about that, and that is obviously become a talking point and a big problem and a big concern. Uh, the other, and the reason why I think it's good that the team has 10 days off and the players are now off uh, until Monday is this. They're, Detroit, Philadelphia, or a combination of things, has is exploiting something in this past defense, and it's probably very small. But they're, that Detroit game, Rhodes was really bad, but Waynes and Hughes were bad too. And I don't think all three became just bad suddenly. Rhodes has been declining now for a year plus, so that's not a surprise. Uh, but I think Zimmer has to, and, and he's good at this. I think he's missing something, and I don't know what. But Stafford was definitely picking apart way more than or nearly gets picked apart in their past defense. And Washington seemed to keep that up to a certain degree. I'm not saying because Washington's personnel is not good enough to exploit it as fully probably as Detroit could and Stafford no. could. Uh, but I think that you're going to see them probably come back almost certainly in Kansas City, and the tweaks will probably be so small that that we won't pick up on them necessarily. But I agree, Rami, to your point of there's been something overall in the past defense for the past two weeks or so that's that's slightly off, and it's probably something somebody saw and, and exploited, and now what Mike is good at is coming back and adjusting that. Offenses and especially passing plays, that could be a problem. They've been consistently moving the ball pretty easily against this Vikings defense for going on four weeks now. And you think Patrick Mahomes stalls out in the red zone? Like that could, if you're facing a good team last night, we very easily are talking about three touchdowns in the first half. This is why I'm excited. Three of the next four games we're going to find out, aren't we? 
Yeah, this, I, I'm so excited right now. There's a lot. This is where. Sorry, just a quick, quick aside. It's fine. You know, every everything. I just got excited about it. Everything you wonder about the Vikings. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. I am. Everything you wonder about their defense. Everything you wonder about Kirk Cousins. All of it will be answered in the next month. All of it. And that's why last night is a bridge win. Get the win. You won by ten points. That's wow. fine. Okay. The judge bridging this to the next part of the segment here. No, no but right. it's true. It's a bridge win because you got the win. Is it super impressive? No. But it took 239. Rob Manfred, take note. A National Football League game was, was timed at 239 that last night. That did go nice and fast. How yeah. nice? But, but if you're not, if you're going to play a Thursday night run of the mill, ah, football game, 239, I'm all in. That's fantastic. But this now, this now gets you through that fourth game. You've won all four. I'm going to say the Detroit win impresses me because it's on the road. Beyond that, you know what? Giants stink. Washington pretty much stinks. The Philly win at the time was nice. Now I'm not sure how good that team is. But my point being is it's four games that you've won. And I don't think we're all saying, oh, my gosh, did did you beat great teams? But you got the bridge win last night. It now takes you to a 10-day off period. You come back. You go Kansas City, Dallas in primetime on a Sunday night. Denver, the bye week, Seattle, Monday night primetime. Give me three of those four games. You know what? Can I say this too? Just to, we're ten days away from this game, but and we don't know what's going to happen with Mahomes this weekend. I hope Pat Mahomes plays in that game against the Vikings because I want to see what the Vikings. I want to. I want to see the measuring stick. You know, like if are they really, are they really one of the five or six best teams in the NFL? Because their their record would indicate it. I would. I would think that their offensive numbers across the board with Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins would indicate it. And even though we've been nitpicking their defense, I just went through some of the numbers. I mean, the Vikings, the Vikings' pass defense on the season is fifth in the NFL in uh, average net yards per attempt allowed. So, you know, even though they haven't looked great with the eye test, if you compare them to the rest of the league, it's been a top five pass defense in that measurement. There's other measurements that might say it's not top five, but I want to know how good they are. And if they play the Kansas City Chiefs yep. on the road with. Matt Moore, that doesn't really tell you anything. Film. I mean, that doesn't tell you anything. So I'm I'm in the mode of let's see some measuring sticks here. All right, this is great first half of the season. You're six and two. This is exactly what you should have done. And now you got some heavyweight fights on your hands if Pat Mahomes plays in the next game against the Chiefs. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm 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 kind of excited to see. That at Dallas game in primetime. Think about how many boxes that checks. You're wondering about Cousins and primetime. That's, a, crypt, that's and, a kryptonite game right there. A kryptonite game. Kirk Cousins kryptonite. Oh, yeah, primetime prime time games. Okay. And I'm sorry, last night, I'm not counting it. I'm not, oh, yeah. You know, for won. a guy who uses bridge game and kryptonite game, yep. you sure run from, from trap game. You know why? <laughs> why? Because trap game's not mine. Bridge game's mine. Kryptonite game's all mine. I I dare you to find another so analyst of sport out there who comes with kryptonite game and bridge you'll game. you only use terms that you've coined. Hell yeah! <laughs> yes, I'm very proud of my terms. I create cl- cliches. I don't play into them, Rami Makhlouf. All right, I respect that. Okay, what about uh, uh, tomorrow night? The Kings and the Wild play each other. What kind of what kind of a game is that going to be? Um, that would be well. Actually, hold on a second here. What, what's another? What's another word for must lose dumping game? That would be a draft pick game. <laughs> That's a draft pick game. It's all about if the draft smart. pick. If they're it's, smart. It's all about the draft pick, okay? <laughs> they lost last night 4 nothing, right? To Nashville? I like kryptonite game, though. That's a good one. I like that, too. There's a lot of things around Kirk Cousins' neck there that would uh, potentially weaken Not him. Not to take it away from you, but i got to imagine somebody's somebody's 
said that. They probably have, but it's not a cliche, right? No, it's not cliche. Saying it's somebody's kryptonite is a cliche, but when I put in kryptonite game, that's like, whoa, game changer. I think you can copyright that or trademark it. I think you can. Because if I said it's his kryptonite, then you could come back and be like, oh, yeah, that's not really original, Judd. Game changer is cliche, by the way. You just used a cliche. I did that on purpose. You don't use cliche. I did that on purpose. The (laughs) irony there was rich. All I do is teach lessons. So are we not counting? Are we not counting last night as a primetime win for Kirk because it was Washington? Well, I think we do, but but you've got now with with the Dallas game and Seattle game, you've got really the heart of his struggles, right? Yeah. Dallas Sunday night, that's a big time game, and he's zero and seven in Monday night games. So I think those two are the ones where this is going to tell us a lot because the team's been really impressive, right? These last four games are impressive. I'm not trying to denigrate the, these games or take a thing away from Kirk, but, you know, if you go into Kansas City now and you win, I think we're all like, okay, now... That, now, now that's a game changer. Now, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> it's redefined the game as we know it for the Vikings. No, I mean, that that's huge. And if you go... So, so let's say you go win Kansas City, lost Dallas, you beat Denver, bye week, Seattle win. You're pretty damn impressed at that point, aren't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm not expecting them to uh, win, win all those games, but and, I do think if you're above 500, and when you're playing surprised. teams like Kansas City, Seattle, Dallas, there yeah. there is no such like last night. I don't know. I feel weird saying it, but it was kind of a bad win for me. Like I, I well, you put different parameters, but don't don't you think the Thursday night thing, to me the Thursday night thing and it, it changes said, everything. It is it is a game changer. The Thursday night. <laughs> it's only four days after you played, and I, I just don't. Get, okay, first of all, and you, you were, won by ten. You were playing Washington, and secondly, the thing that that I'm talking about right now, the fact that the Redskins were able to move the ball on you, while they couldn't finish drives, they were able to move the ball on yeah. you easily for a half with their starting quarterback. Mm. This is a trend now. This is a trend. But, that's, of, but you've, of got three, day, you've got 10 days now yes, to solve that trend. For three weeks, right. three weeks in a row now, teams have been able to easily move the ball through the air on you. And that's something that you will not win football games doing against better teams. They're not going to stall out in the red zone. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson are not going to stall out in the red zone the way that Case Keenum and the Redskins offense did. Yeah, but the Vikings also aren't going to stall out that many good drives either. They, the Vikings settled for way more field goals than they usually would, too. I mean, that, that was a game when you look at yarded and first downs and everything. That was a 30-point game for the Vikings that regressed down to 19 because they had penalties and different things, too. But what I was so getting play to was that these, these games coming up... the. Just get out with a win, and I'm going to be impressed. Like, there won't be, there's no such thing as an ugly win when you're facing the caliber of teams that they're going to be facing here for the next four weeks. Like Phil said, we're going to find out a lot of things about this Vikings team. Questions are going to be answered. Is what we're seeing from the O line real? Is what we're, and that's in a good sense. Is what we're seeing from the secondary real? And that's in a bad sense. Is what we're seeing from Kirk Cousins real? That's in a good sense. Like, there are a lot of questions that I think one way or another, are going to be answered, and we're not going to be sitting here going, I don't know what I just saw last night. The secondary question comes down to a very important one, though. <laughs> is Mike going to be able to draw the line between his his devotion to Rhodes and, and the feeling that he developed him and separate himself from that and say, for business purposes, purely we have to do something different. But he's also developed the other three guys that are better than Xavier Rhodes. But, Phil, he defended Rhodes last night still as if he, he said that the P.I. call was bad. He armbarred the guy in the face mask with the ball yeah. in the air. That's not a bad call. He said that, that if it was a hitch pattern and he didn't adjust, meaning Mike, that that was Mike's fault. 
His devotion to this kid is off the charts. But Xavier gave him an opening today. So Xavier Rhodes today told the media, I'm hurting the team right now. Or maybe it was last night. He was either last night or the quote today. He's flat out admitting that my play is hurting the team. And I think... Yeah, no. And that's an opening for Mike Zimmer. If mm-hmm. I, I mean, does if Xavier Rhodes is agreeing with everybody else watching at this point, and it, let me say one more thing on Xavier Rhodes because I this is one thing I hate when people do, and, and people are going to call me a hypocrite because you do. I've it. been down on Adrian Peterson, but right. Xavier Rhodes was one of the best things on one of the best defenses in the NFL for three or four years. He's a large part of the reason why this Vikings defense was so good and why they went to an NFC Championship game a couple of years ago. And I just hate when people use the word like trash or garbage. I just saw a lot of people, Twitter, even a couple of people calling into Ventline last night. You know, I, I think it's fair to say he's not very good anymore. He's probably too old to go back to how great he was playing because you just, your speed's not coming back. Your quickness isn't coming back. He's a big guy for a cornerback. Yeah. It's not coming back, but. He did enough in a Vikings uniform to not call him trash. You can criticize him, but let's not call him garbage yeah, because he's not playing well. Okay, like he's he's risen above that to if, me with what he's done as a Viking. What if one was to say he's playing like trash? That gets into the Roycey uh, semantics debate. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to. Yes. We don't want to go down yes. to that debate because yes, it has nothing to do with sports. <laughs> I didn't say you were a bleep. I said you're. Acting like a bleep. Which, by Acting the way, like someone who would be a bleep. By the way, I see his reasoning. No, I, no, I get, no, I get his no, logic. no, Rami, don't He's go. Right. Rami, don't go. He's the, right. No, no, Rami, don't do that. We why, all, why don't you try that? We no, all act right. like a bleep from time to time. It doesn't make you a bleep. You're just acting like, like I've done it. <laughs> why don't you try that line? See how that works. Nah, I'll pass up for you. See how it works. Um, Choose your battles, guys. Choose I agree battles. with you, Phil. He's not trash. He's just not playing well. And. And you've got to do something. You can't continue. It's an it's, easy move. Well, it's an easy move. And he's just not. No, no matter what Mike might tell us, he just he's not passing the eye test ever. Really, he's also like not the type of cornerback that you can just move to safety and extend his career by six years. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know about that. But as as far as maybe he is. And then know. Zimmer said last night. He he said he plays like a power forward. You have to let him play like a power forward. Okay. But officials are not. But officials are not going to let you go back to grabbing. <laughs> Grabbing guys, you can keep letting him play that way, but he's going to keep racking up penalties. I mean, yeah, he's got seven pe- is it eight or seven? He's got, se- he's got seven penalties. Seven penalties in the last eight games, yeah. and most of them are a defensive pass interference. So, well, when we come back, I mean, that's like Carlos Boozer power forward. That's not even good. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. Exactly. He's just grinding to the basket right. for shots, and yeah, it's, it's not. It's not good. Write that down. Predictions in about thirty-five minutes or so. I'm going to ask this question because Rami put it in the uh, the prep notes today. <laughs> And he can explain this when we come back. Is Kirk Cousins right now better than Aaron Rodgers? Is Kirk Cousins better than Aaron Rodgers? Right now. Not legacy, not career. Right now. Okay. And maybe Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Wow. Okay. All of that when we come back here. Can't wait to hear this one. Rami might need some insurance on uh, on that take. And if he does, Federated Insurance is here. They're not going to help you with your take needs, but if you're a business owner out there, Federated has a full list of industries that they've been protecting over the last 100 plus years at federatedinsurance.com. So find out if you're a business owner, find out if your business is under that umbrella and Federated can help you out. You get so much more than just a paper policy with Federated. You get a great face-to-face relationship and you get to partner with over 100 years of experience 
in making businesses as successful as they can be. And Federated is a proud sponsor as well of University of Minnesota Athletics and Turnovers for Kids. So you got uh, Maryland coming to town this weekend. Let's say, I don't know, let's say Maryland fumbles and the Gophers pick it up. Well, that's going to be $1,000 from Federated Insurance to Big Brothers Big Sisters. And then if Maryland throws an interception late in the game because they're desperate and the Gophers are winning by 21 points and the Gophers are about to climb into the top 15 in the rankings, well, that's another $1,000 for Big Brothers Big Sisters. Federated Insurance. Go to the website, federatedinsurance.com. It's our business to protect yours. A couple years ago, Rhodes had a nasty fall. He was up in the air going for a ball and got turned around. Yep. Came down on his left shoulder and his left hip, and he hasn't been the same since. Mm-hmm. I've, seen, I've watched the downfall, and uh, I think he's got degenerative uh, problems in his shoulder and his, his left hip. And he can't turn around. He can't open up. Uh, can't open his hip. Uh, open his hips and, and yeah. cover. Interesting. So, I mean, you know, uh, age wins, right? Uh, Undefeated, so- Terrence. That was a Judd from Ventline being insincere. No, it was that was a good call. That was good stuff. It was a good call. I appreciate yeah, all the, all the people. We got a lot of calls today on Ventline. It was a two-hour show. It was fantastic, and people weighed in with their opinions, which were great. Loved it. Have you but, ever said? I think Derek brought this to my attention. Never really thought about it before. That have you ever said interesting to something that's actually interesting? Never. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen. That's Never. why you say it that way. Actually, I was just was interesting. I was just going through and we'll get we'll get to we'll get to this Rogers or Cousins thing in just a second here, but I was going through our Mackie and Judd with Rami listener surveys again mm-hmm. earlier today. And one of the categories is what's your least favorite part about the show? And if you want to fill this out, we we would greatly appreciate because there's this. a lot of things that you can help us find out about you and make the show better and cater advertising to you, but uh, just go to scorenorth.com, keyword MJR, if you want to fill this out. And in your least favorite part of the show's answers, someone said, when Judd sets up a point that's, that's framed as being positive and then says, and that's fantastic in a condescending tone, only to drive the point into negativity. <laughs> it was a very specific, like, that's- Judd taking a positive point. Driving it into negativity by saying condescendingly, and that's fantastic. I'm a storyteller, okay? <laughs> and that's fantastic. And that's fantastic. And that's, no, I know exactly what, what he's saying. I'll say something like, and Cousins completed 23 of 26 passes, and that's fantastic. <laughs> but the three passes he missed on were clearly, were all could have been picked off. It's, uh, you know what? I would like to thank that person for listening that close, and I'm serious. For really picking up on what you're putting down. Listen, that <laughs> that's really listening closely. That person listens very closely, and that's fantastic. And that's fantastic. But here's what but, but the problem is when that person tunes away during a commercial break. Right? Amazing, amazing. All right, so really good. That's really impressive. This is from Pro Football Focus. Yes, Pro Football Focus. Okay, Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins versus common opponents: Bears, Raiders, Lions, and Eagles this season. Rodgers has an eighty-five and a half pass grade. Cousins has a 92.3 pass grade. Rodgers has 13. Let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, Rodgers has 52% of his yardage through the air. About half of his yardage is through the air, meaning he gets full credit for it. Right. Cousins, 61% of yardage through the air, meaning Cousins is gaining more credit for the passes he's throwing. Rodgers is getting more yak yards after the catch. Yeah. Cousins doing more heavy lifting. Right. 10% more heavy lifting. Yep. You guys think that that means that Cousins is better than Rodgers right now? Hold on. I have more Phil Mackey. 
So I sent you guys that stat earlier today. I went home for lunch, enjoying a nice, big, juicy BLT. And it was really good. I put pepper jack cheese on it. It was great. Good call. Thank you. And um, they said, I just had NFL Live sort of on in the background. I was enthralled by my BLT, so I wasn't really paying attention to it. And then they said something that cut right through, cut right through, made me stop paying attention to my BLT for a second. They said, statistically, through eight weeks, Kirk Cousins has been better than Patrick Mahomes in a lot of ways in last year's MVP season. And I went, what? Huh? Did I just hear that? So I took to my phone, my handy-dandy handheld computer here, and I pulled up the stat that they were talking about. Completion percentage through eight weeks. Patrick Mahomes in 2018, 65.6%. Kirk Cousins, 72.1%. Yards per attempt. Patrick Mahomes, 8.9. Kirk Cousins, 9.3. Touchdown interception ratio, exactly the same, 4.33. Passer rating, 115.3 to 115.2. You like that? You like that? Now, Patrick Mahomes threw a lot more touchdowns. That's one, I don't have the number in front of me. Patrick Mahomes had a lot more touchdowns through eight weeks than Kirk Cousins. But passive rating is exactly the same through eight weeks, and he has a better completion percentage through eight weeks than Patrick Mahomes in his historic MVP season of 2018. And that's fantastic. (laughs) But, but. (laughs) (laughs) I'll still take Pat Mahomes. I'll still take Aaron Rodgers. Kirk and Cousins I, is amazing in the and last month. I was month. saying, when I said maybe he's better than Patrick Mahomes, I was saying that tongue-in-cheek. But I think the fact that those numbers are even comparable is kind of eye-opening for what Kirk Cousins is doing right now. Isn't it? Don't you think, though, that it's it, it's the type of thing where there's so much credit to go around? Because I really think that after those first four games and the sea change has that has occurred in the last four games, they've just done schematically and play calling and from a standpoint and and cousins gets a ton of credit too they've just done everything that makes sense and and is right this is the best play calling sequence that i've seen from this franchise since Shermer and keenum 2017 when you watched games and began to get lulled into this well of course they're doing that because it makes sense and not until you see Bad play calling or questionable decisions by quarterbacks or coordinators, do you say, oh, okay, sometimes people aren't smart. This just goes back to that. And the one thing that they have found, and as Phil likes to say, I think he uses the term reverse engineer for this. The thing that they've reverse engineered so well now is a year ago it was like Cousins is the star and we're going to get the pieces around Cousins to operate efficiently and it's going to be great. And it really didn't work out well. Now it's like it's it's as if they're saying and they're right. Okay, Diggs is the star, Delvin Cook is the star. If Thielen's playing, he's part of that, and we're going to put Cousins in a position to succeed because of those guys. And the description that I used today on I think it was doing conduits to trouble uh, with Chip that you can find at ScoreNorth.com and and the ScoreNorth mobile app. right. And we'd like you to listen to that after our show gets done six o'clock. The description I used is, it's like Cousins has become an old school, not now, but an old school point guard in basketball, where he's distributing just so efficiently and beautifully, and but nobody's saying, okay, come down and score baskets. Yeah, They're saying, come down the court, observe it, and you've got these pieces to work with. Like The Delvin Cook piece to me is incredible. This guy's an incredible player. Stefan Diggs, Cousins throws a great deep ball, but guess what? Stefan Diggs can make that catch, and he does. Last two games, he's caught that ball twice. So 
it's they finally like hit on what's the sweet spot here. And the sweet spot is Dalvin Cook and and Stefan Diggs would be a top, I, I think, your offensive marquee, you know, appearing tonight, the Vikings and Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook and Stefan Diggs. And they're putting Kirk in a perfect position with what he does well now to maximize yeah. those guys. Yeah, if you were to take all of the things around him that the Vikings have, to their credit and and schematically to their credit, have used to insulate Cousins, if you took all those things away and you said, all right, Kirk, you're going to go to... Let's 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 pick a like a, just kind of a mediocre. Let, let's pick Washington. Let's pick Washington. Washington might be too bad, but let's pick Washington. If you put Kirk Cousins on Washington, he's definitely better than Case Keenum, and he's definitely better than Dwayne Haskins. What we've seen from him in you know two halves of play so far, but he's not going to be the guy that brings potentially a three or a four win Washington team to like seven or eight wins. Just all right, guys, hop on my back. I'm going to do this. I'm just going to now. If you put Tom Brady on that Washington team. They're not winning the Super Bowl, but he's going to find a way through leadership and through precision and everything that he does at the line of scrimmage, right? So he's Kirk's still not the guy that's going to elevate a bunch of things around him and, and drag five wins to eight or eight wins to ten. Will we never get to the point where we say, man, Kirk Cousins is just a damn good quarterback? Because yesterday I was reading Mike Sandoz. He, he does those quarterback tiers in the preseason every year, and yesterday he revisited... A handful of quarterbacks were playing above or below their level, and it got to Kirk Cousins, and they had him at Tier 3 when the season started. They say he's still a Tier 3 quarterback, could move into Tier 2 by next year, but the general consensus is, and this is from talking to personnel guys, scouts, executives, coaches, that Kirk Cousins is basically what we're saying right now. He's he's good when he's in the right situation yes. and the right pieces are around him, and if not, then it's really bad, but... I don't know if that's a fair way to look at a guy. And I'm I'm saying I don't know genuinely. I don't know if it's a fair way to look at a guy that when everything is going bad, we point a finger at him and go, he's the problem and it's his fault. And when everything is going good, we go, everything around him is really good. Isn't that great? I like, hear you. I hear you. But he's he's I think he's one of the more unique quarterbacks in the league and that he has this. Tom Brady doesn't have the ability to shipwreck a team. Aaron Rodgers does not have the ability to. I'm not talking about. I'm not saying they don't throw bad interceptions. They don't have like three hour. You know when your computer just goes to a blue screen and, <laughs> and, and like it takes four hours to restart it, and you have to take it to that. the Geek Squad. Yeah. Just like Kirk Cousins has that, and he's done it a couple times already this year. There's there's eight quarterbacks in the NFL that do not have that. I don't think Russell Wilson has that in his. So, but Kirk has that, and so your challenge as an offensive coordinator and as a even as a general manager building a roster is to try and protect against the downside. You're hedging against his downside by putting as many things around him that fit in. And you should be doing this with any quarterback, but when you look at the things they put around him so far halfway through this season, the defense, let's start there. The defense allows 16 points a game. So every single time you take the field, you're telling Kirk Cousins, hey man, I just sounded like Chip there. Hey man. Hey man. Hey, Tennessee's playing this we weekend. We gotta go. Hey man. We, we gotta, gotta go. We gotta, gotta go. go. Hey man, you only have to score seventeen points today. So hey, don't do anything crazy. Right. You don't have to worry about if, like last if, night. Yep. Just gotta don't just, try and do too much. Just keep the car between the lines. Do so you think that will always be the perception of Kirk Cousins when things are going good? Everybody will say he's he's in a good he's but, in a good spot. Right system, good O line, good weapons around him. But here's and the when thing. he's bad, we're gonna go. It's all Kirk Cousins' fault. Well, well, I, let me well let me flush this out and then you tell me. So so he only have to score seventeen points a game. However, we're gonna put two of the top 10 or 12 wide receivers in the NFL with you. 
We're going to give you two very capable pass-catching tight ends, and we're going to give you the best running back in the NFL. And by the way, top three. the O-line has completely flipped their performance. Like, they've gone from... Except for Pat Elfline. The bottom of the ranks. No, but I mean, as a he whole. He got forklifted off of his feet a couple times last night. <laughs> but they've bad. gone from... Good the, run-blocking grade last night, though. <laughs> and you, I'm serious. If you look at PFF, they've gone from ab- absolutely the bottom, like 32nd in a lot of rankings, to the top 10 or even top yeah. 5 in, in a lot of the rankings. So. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with Kirk Cousins' success. And here I am doing the thing that I'm saying, I don't know if it's fair to do, but he's a guy who, when the pressure is on, he just doesn't, he doesn't... You can't, the key with Kirk is you can't put Kirk on a Brady Island and say, win for us. You can't do it. But if you give him, but that's not a bad thing. He's He is physically gifted. I think he can, he throws the deep ball beautifully. I mean, those passes to Diggs the past two weeks are great, but... I think what we're seeing here, and this was the frustration that I had in the Chicago game, is it was a team effort in the offensive loss in the fact that I don't think the play calling was good. And I really believe, and this is why I got to think it started with Dig saying, peace out, guys, I'm done here for, for now, was that they got to Mike and they sat down and said, look, we can't have Kirk throw 10 passes. It makes no sense because Stefan Diggs says, what are you guys doing? I'm a key player here. And Stefan Diggs is right. So Cousins gets credit for the past four games, definitely. He's played great football. But I think to put the to put the first four games solely on Kirk or to put the last four games on Kirk and yeah. say either you're a failure or great job is to sell short what really happened behind the scenes, which was a transformation to what can we do that makes sense. The first four games... Which the Vikings went two and two. So the first four games as a whole were not a disaster. But I think we all watched those games at times offensively and were like, does 10 yeah. passes work? The last four games, we watched them and take for granted that the play calling and schematics of the offense make perfect sense. And that's not a Cousins thing. That's a team thing. And Cousins plays into it. But I'm my overriding feeling on this is when you start with Diggs and Cook and say, you have these weapons, and we're going to use them for your benefit, Kirk. This is going to make sense. All of a sudden, it clicks, and everything makes sense. Here's another way to frame this up. All things as they are across the league, I think Kirk Cousins is between... He's like the 13th to 16th best quarterback in the NFL, just across the board. Just like The last four weeks, he's been much better than that. But if you just take Kirk Cousins, let's say Kirk Cousins the last year and a half relative to the league... He's like an average, a slightly above average starting quarterback. I think that's fair to say, right? Sure. I think what I'm saying is when you give him all the pieces he needs, if you gave every quarterback in the NFL these exact parameters and had the same common denominator for every quarterback in the NFL, you gave them a defense that allows 16 points a game instead of 25 or 30, you give them Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, a decent offensive line, Dalvin Cook, and good play calling. I'm saying... Kirk Cousins ranks higher than he does normally. I agree. Compared to the rest yeah. of the league. Does that make sense? Like, yes. if you gave every quarterback in the NFL the Vikings parameters, Kirk Cousins elevates higher than a lot of other guys do when the conditions are perfect. I agree. Okay. And that's what we're seeing in the last four weeks. And that's not a bad thing. That's fantastic. No, it's, no, it's great that's, for the Vikings. That's fantastic. <laughs> and there's no but there. <laughs> nice job, John. You're saying all things being equal in a not ideal situation. Kirk Cousins is in the middle of the pack. All things being equal in an ideal situation, Kirk Cousins is like top eight. 
Actually, all things being equal in sort of just a neutral situation, he's league average, slightly above league average. All things equal if it's a train wreck situation, I think he sinks lower because he's not as mobile as, like, I'd rather have Lamar Jackson. In, right. And that's, I might rather have Lamar Jackson in a lot of situations, but, you know, but, but when things are perfect and he's got, He's insulated and he doesn't have to I gotcha. carry everything. I think he elevates higher than the average quarterback. That's what you're saying. And I agree. Then that's a very fair thing. They they signed him to replace Case because he is a more physically gifted, can make more throws, better QB. But the mistake was the contract at that time was like, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you are we talking Rodgers and Brady? And we never were. We never were. But the components around him are really good, and they have figured out wisely a way to. Allow him to utilize those players. We will continue planning the uh, ESPN College Game Day visit to the Twin Cities, which will probably happen Start, here in a few you weeks. You jumped on that, by the way. Yeah, well, we're always They're the already copying here. Phil Mackey. Yeah, well, the trendsetters. Jason Fitz is going to join us next. Write that down in about fifteen minutes. Luther Brookdale Toyota is on the corner of six ninety four and Brooklyn Boulevard, and they've got some amazing deals right now on pre owned vehicles. Just go to LutherBrookdaleToyota.com to check out the entire selection. As we talked about on yesterday's show. Mileage is not as big of a red flag on paper as you would think with other vehicles and other service departments. Like when you look at this 2009 Corolla S, that's a sport model with 151,000 miles on it, you might think, that's, I don't know, man, I, I should probably get something with under 100,000 miles just to feel good. I, honestly, this service department is so good. They have cars running like new that are up near 200,000 plus miles. And I have firsthand experience with that in my driving life. Uh, 2009 Toyota Corolla Sport Model for fifty nine ninety four right now on LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Check it out and uh, stop in. Open until 9 o'clock tonight. Mackie and Judd with Rami. We'll be back. Talk some uh, gopher football and other football things with Jason Fitz from ESPN. Jonathan here with the Score North download brought to you by the 2020 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. We'll use this download to remind you of something we have on our podcast network right now. It's been 10 years since we all went on a ride with Brett Favre and we're doing a deep dive into every aspect of that 2009 Viking season, you can join Sage Rosenfels, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Ryan Longwell on Minnesota Sports Rewind, the 2009 Vikings edition on demand right now, anywhere you find your favorite podcast, or you can just go to scorenorth.com and click on shows. That's Minnesota Sports Rewind, and that's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackey and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. He is Jason Fitz from ESPN. Hey, Jason, uh, we actually have Kirk Cousins on the line. He just has, he's just, he's just greeting people today. You like that? Well, you like that? Yeah, okay, there he is. Yeah, it's getting I old. Mean, Kirk. He has that right. My God, after all the trash that we've all spoken about him, I mean, <laughs> good lord! I mean, he has the right to come in and be a little fired up. I said it this morning on first and last. You know, I think the hardest part about Kirk Cousins is we just can't separate the amount of money he makes versus the level of play we expect, and. That because of that, every time we talk about Kirk Cousins, we it's like we're contractually obligated to say eighty-four million dollars, and that changes the spectrum with which we view him. But four straight games, four straight wins, he's played really well. So you know, Kirk has the right to be cocky right now. I've heard talking heads on shows like I host and like you host, Jason, throwing it, and always reluctantly, like, do we have to consider Kirk Cousins in the MVP race right now? So, Jason, I ask you. Do we have to consider Kirk Cousins in the MVP race right now? Uh, no, wrong player. As right team, wrong player. Dalvin Cook should be considered in the MVP race right now. We're going to say that Christian McCaffrey belongs in that conversation, and I do. I, I believe he does. Then we have to say the same thing about Dalvin Cook because I still believe at the end of the day, if Dalvin Cook is 
minimized in his abilities, then uh, Kirk Cousins would be minimized too. Yeah, Dalvin Cook has been great. And here, here's the thing, and, and I've heard this for years now, it, which is a play action's not that big a deal. Play, I'll get over play action. When you have a guy like Dalvin Cook, play action becomes potent, and, and it takes a guy like Cousins from being gifted and pretty good to potentially being great because teams have to bite. They have no choice, Jason. Well, yeah, and look, you're right. There's this new, like, fiery debate between whether or not play action works. Yeah. The only teams debating that are people that just want to continue to devalue running backs. Ultimately, anytime you can get a step, any advantage, especially when you've got guys like Diggs and Thielen, you're winning that war. So, to me, I mean, this is simple. Dalvin Cook forces everybody to defend differently. And as long as Dalvin is doing that, that's going to make Kirk Cousins better. Yeah. Uh, the NFC is going to be so much fun to watch play out here because there's going to be one or two teams that are pretty damn good and would probably make it if they were in the AFC, uh, and they're going to be on the outside looking in right now. So what? So let's just stick on the NFC North for a second here. Do you think? Who do you think is the best team in the division, and what do you think is the state of the Chicago Bears right now, Jason Fitz? Well, the Vikings were my preseason pick to win the division. Everybody wants to hop all over the Packers. I look. You guys know I'm a Raiders fan. And I'm not taking anything away from the game that Aaron Rodgers had, but the Raiders' defense, particularly in the secondary, is just hot garbage. I mean, it's just a pile of heaping trash. So he beat up on a bunch of bad football players. I understand that, that it's easy to love on Aaron Rodgers. I still think that I'm waiting to see what it looks like throughout the course of the season and how comfortable he gets with that offense as they get further into the year. I think the Vikings will end up being the team to beat in the division, and the Bears are falling apart, and that's stunning. I mean, it's absolutely stunning. And it's easy for us to sit here and trash Mitchell Trubisky. He probably deserves it. But let's also put some of the blame squarely at the feet of Matt Nagy because Matt Nagy, as a coach, can't put his quarterback in a situation where he's throwing 54 times. They're not using Tariq Cohen well at all. And I don't, I don't understand what the Bears are doing on offense. And at some point, I feel like that's going to fracture the offense and the defense here. And we're looking at a wasted opportunity for a team that has a defense that is so stinking good that they should be a Super Bowl contender. And instead, I'm looking at it and saying, man, how are they going to get into the playoffs? Because winning a wild card spot in the NFC is going to be difficult to do. Do you think Nagy just doesn't have a good quarterback, or do you think Nagy isn't doing his quarterback any favors? I'm asking you, should they move on from Mitchell Trubisky, basically? I, I'm going to say yes and yes. Like, Look, ultimately what I want from a coach is for a coach to be able to adapt his system to whatever makes his players better. That's not happening right now with Mitchell Trubisky. That being said, Trubisky just looks, it looks like his confidence is shot. This is the same thing I've said about Marcus Mariota. When your confidence is shot, you can't get it back. It takes a regime change. It takes a team change. You just don't get it back. And there's none of, none of that's going to happen for the Bears. So Mitchell's going to be one foot out the door at my point. They're going to give him another year and then they're going to realize it's time to move on. And then, so for uh, 2020, my guess is that Brady uh, divorces with Belichick and the Patriots. He hits the free agent market. He looks around. He'd like the San Francisco job, but that's not there because Belichick uh, blocked it by trading Garoppolo out there. And Tom Brady is the Chicago Bears starting quarterback on opening like day in 2020. Wow. Jason like Fitz, that's my deduction of the situation. Uh, you look, I don't think you're wrong. And as long as he doesn't go to the Broncos, I'm fine. I've already lived that nightmare. So let him go to the Bears. Uh, but ultimately... Let's also acknowledge, like, the, the fact that we're not putting into this that any married man will appreciate is Giselle has already let us know what she thinks of Tom playing in the first place. So I'm still not convinced that he doesn't just go home and say, honey, what would you like? And then whatever she says, he's going to do. So either she's got to want to move to Chicago or 
Maybe she just wants him to stay home and stop playing. And ultimately, if he's a smart married man, he's going to do exactly what he's told. Yeah. So I'm not 100% sure that he doesn't just walk away. Jason Fitz with us. So you can find him early in the morning, Monday through Friday, on uh, Score North here and the Score North app, first and last at 4 a.m. and then part of Golik and Wingo uh, during your morning drive. All right, so uh, who do you think the Gophers are going to play in the first round of the college football uh, championship playoff, Jason? <laughs> Well, look, I mean, they're one of the biggest surprises right now. And, and I'm not just saying this, you know, flippantly. I, you know, one of the great things that I have the opportunity to be a part of is college game day. And we do countdown to game day that you can check out wherever you get your uh, live stream of ESPN on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and the ESPN app. And uh, over a million people a week watching us at 8.30 a.m. Eastern every Saturday. And I, I'm not flippantly telling you this. The conversation of do we need to look at is there a shot that Minnesota should get game day has there been a real conversation because ultimately it's it, game day. When you think about the, the best stories in college football right now, you've got the unexpected, undefeated Minnesota situation. And although it's a much different situation that led up to it, Baylor is the other big undefeated surprise right now. So you've got to look at these teams and say, okay, with some of the matchups that are coming down the pipe, it makes a lot of sense. Rather than sending game day to Columbus for the 472nd time, if we can find interesting places that, that showcase great Big Ten games, why wouldn't we? So, you know, Minnesota's done enough that the national landscape is paying attention. They should pay attention. This is a, a better football team than we thought. They're efficient. They don't make a lot of mistakes. This is a good Minnesota football team. You know who may have dropped the ball, actually? Wisconsin losing to Illinois. And now they're probably going to lose to Ohio State tomorrow, too. It's possible that Wisconsin's the team that dropped the ball if we're looking ahead to that uh, November 30th situation, Gophers-Badgers for for all the the, the West Division marbles. It's rare that the Badgers are the one that ruin it. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right about that. And, and, you know, we're in Brookings, South Dakota this week for South Dakota State, North Dakota State, and I uh, got to host College Football Live today with uh, Pollock and uh, Des. And it was funny, one of the signs somebody was holding up as we were live on set said, uh, thank you, Illinois. That's all it said. Because <laughs> let's face it, if Illinois doesn't beat Wisconsin, game day is probably at Wisconsin uh, in, in Ohio State. I think Ohio State's going to thump Wisconsin. But there's got to be some level of hope here for Minnesota that Wisconsin can surprise some people, can play really well. That game's going to have a lot on the line. So, you know, yes, they put a wrench in it, but – Ultimately, this Minnesota team is going to become such a conversation. My, my most interesting thing is we're two weeks away from finding out exactly what the college football playoff committee thinks of Minnesota. And that's what is going to be interesting to see what they think of some of the unexpected undefeated teams. Yeah, that's that's what we're kind of worried about, actually. <laughs> that they're just a fraud. We don't want to hear from them, actually. Yeah, yeah we're gonna let's we're just put that. that on hold. We're good on that, actually. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, Jason, well, and as okay. long as you're ahead of schedule, let's remember that Minnesota's ahead of schedule of anything that we ever expected. So the other side of it is. What we have to remember, these unexpected, really good seasons become incredible recruiting pitches. They become incredible sales pitches for the school. This could actually catapult. These are the types of seasons that do catapult programs forward simply because of the money in advertising and and the availability and recruiting that comes from being this good this late in the season. I think if I could translate what Jason just said, he means... He means the bank should be full tomorrow and not uh, half full. That's what he means. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Uh-huh. No, 100%. Yep. All right, Jason Fitz, find him here on Score North on 1500 all throughout your morning commute as part of First and Last and also Golik and Wingo. And uh, if, you, uh, if you prefer to video stream College Game Day, you can find him there too. So we'll catch up next week.
You guys have a great week. Thanks for hanging out. All right. See See you. Jason Fitz. Love that guy. He's a good guy. Genuinely great guy. He seems like it. Yeah. Except for the whole country music thing. He seems like a really great guy. No, he's great. No, 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 man. He's not. I'm just kidding. I feel like we should bring that up at some point with him. Yeah. Talk it out. Oh, we have to. I appreciate his talents. I can't play any musical instrument in any genre of music, so I appreciate the talents. I respect that. I just can't. I have a phobia of if game music. day. If game day comes to town, that means he's here that Friday, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. So then we get him in studio. He can play his. He uh, can fiddle. play. Yeah, play country music in studio. But that would bother Ronnie. you, right? It's singing. No, it would. It would. Probably, no, he plays. He plays fiddle. It would probably bother me. No, no, I'm saying, but if, so if he just came in and played the fiddle, that's going to bother you? Yeah, probably. Oh, this. Wait, happen. hold on a second. If it's not country music, it does. Oh no! If it's if it's not country music, we're fine. I call BS on this. Okay, what guys. about some I, of the gray I, I, I area genres? Bu- you know, that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> I call complete BS. What do you mean? You just said if a man comes in here and plays fiddle and he's playing, like if he came in and played Led Zeppelin, totally fine. Phil. Jonathan, if he came in and played country music. You know what this is? This is a poll. What do you mean? This is a score or a Twitter poll. Is this real? Because now it's just made up. So if he plays, okay, so if you, okay, what if he plays a song on the fiddle and you don't know it's country? I have a fear, a phobia of country music. I thought I was just singing. Now I'm, now I'm. No, country music at large. If it's Devil Went Down to Georgia, which obviously would be great. No, Devil Went Down to Georgia isn't really isn't really country. That's like country okay, rock. Okay, put this put this on the poll. <laughs> it's like country wait, rock. Wait, so okay, okay. What? If it's Devil Went Down to Georgia fiddle solo, and or, I told you there or, are no one singing, or Metallica Ride the Lightning fiddle solo as a guitar, <laughs> you're Phil, telling me that only yeah. one of those would trigger your anxiety. This is a breakthrough. I don't this know, is, man. This is a bunch of garbage. It's a phobia. I don't know what triggers it. Play a song, and I'll tell you if I feel uncomfortable. Selective phobia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a new so term. Which poll are we going with here? The poll ha- has to be. I feel uncomfortable right real? now. Is this real? Just talking is about this. Country phobia real? Well, yeah, because yeah, it's not phobia? singing. Because now he's saying it's not singing. You're going to just... take a poll to tell me how I feel? Is yeah, that what's yeah, happening? Yeah, that's okay. what we're about to do. All right. Yeah, exactly. It's a selectophobia. All right. Yeah. Write that new down. Term for another new term. Write that down in a, an accountability session when we come back. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Write that down. Write this down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dad. Write it down. You like writing things down. It is time for us to make asses of ourselves. That's right. <laughs> Hold on. Is the cloud of Minnesota sports media, I I do that every day. I was going to say, we wait till 5 o'clock on a Friday to do this that? This is where we put it on record. Oh. This is when we put how much of an ass we are we on become record. Asinine yeah. asses. Exactly. We do it. Yeah. Official okay. asses. By the way, the dark the dark clouds, <laughs> the fan group for Minnesota United, did they consult with you before they stole your name? The dark clouds? Oh, I uh, yeah. No, they didn't. I'm suing them. Trademark. They don't war. know it yet, but I'm as soon as the show's done, I'm going to sue them. So here's how this works. If you're new to the segment, mm-hmm. we make predictions, three of them each every single week, and then we keep track of those predictions, which is the hook here, because most People in our line of work just hop on a microphone and say anything they want and then uh, just ignore that they were wrong. That's when, what I did before I got here, and all of a sudden I'm held accountable. Well, yeah. not just people like you. Colin Coward seems to do that. Guys like that, too. Are well, they accountable? Uh, actually, I think Colin does a segment where he does every Monday go over things that he was right and wrong about. But I can confirm we started our segment before Colin Coward started his segment. Are we suing? Uh, we'll have to see. We'll share. We'll see. Okay. 
So uh, a lot of carnage this week. A lot of carnage. Before we get to the predictions, we'll go through the accountability session here. Nothing came off the board for the listeners, which is shocking. Usually the listeners uh, come out with a lot of fiery uh, takes one way or the other. I uh, I need some honesty from Judd Zolgad here, okay? Cause, I'm about to ask. Cause, cause I, well, I'm about I'll give, to sneeze. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> is he going to be okay? <laughs> I was thought I was... It, it was one of those, it started and then it stopped. I hate those. And I was... and I, You know, by then, you want to sneeze? Yeah. So you're oh, like, you, yeah, 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 get it, really it out. Get it out. Yeah. Get it out. Yeah. If it happens, don't even turn your mic off. Just let it happen <laughs> on mic. Are you Just a loud sneezer? It depends. I'm a loud sneezer. I belt it out. I do it sometimes yeah. on purpose. But Violent. Just, just for fun. Yeah. Leave your mic on, Judd, but just turn away because... I was going to say... You, know, you don't want to... You know what, Other Manny, people have to use that microphone. It doesn't matter at this point. The germs <laughs> in the studio are so prevalent. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, what's the question? Well, let me give this... So I had a couple that came off the board that, that don't need your input. One of them was, I said the Gophers would cover the 28 and a half yeah! against Rutgers last week. It was kind of a grind to get there, but they did cover the 28 and a half. Should be a grind again. I told you guys before the Viking season started, before the season started, they would start exactly six and two. Not at least six and two. Not around six and two. Exactly six and two. Good call. And they did. And at some point early in the year, in the springtime, I said Judd will step foot in the Allianz Field Brew Hall more times this season than he will step into bat and barrel. From the start of base, from the start of Minnesota United season and then Twin season. No, that's incorrect. I did not do that. How many times were you in each of them? Well, I only went to. Uh, I know where you were in Baton Barrel at least twice. Yeah, and I only went to. I didn't go to that many soccer uh, tilts matches. I didn't see that They're many games, games on the pitch. Call them whatever you Stop. Want. Doesn't matter. Um, I only saw the gaffer coach about three or four games. The I, what? Coach Gaffer. Gaffer. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. Come on, man. No, I thought you said the Gaffer coach. I thought there was a... a the Gaffer. Never mind. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, no, how I, many times were you in Bat and Barrel? Well, here's the problem. I walked through Bat and Barrel all the time, and as far as went in, it would be equal at best. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm pretty sure that I only... I only went... When I went to United Games, I only went as a fan. Well, actually, I... Use my press pass and then went downstairs and got a beer. Um, but that's just that's just what we like to that's call full disclosure in 2019. Um, once, so I'm gonna have to say that you probably lost that. How many times did you consume alcohol at both places this year? You know, I only had I had two beers during one game for the soccer, and that was it. I used to go to Target Field a ton and. and Walk around the park and drink beers. I didn't do that that much this year. Feels like I covered way more games. I'm going to need to look at the security footage because I don't trust you. Can we pull all security <laughs> no, footage I mean, from Batten Barrel? I just and honestly Blue told you Get everything I can remember. Now you're asking me to remember things from the summer too, and I'm almost 50 years old. So I just need to know how many me. times were you in Batten Barrel and how many times were you in the Brew Hall? I was in Batten Barrel probably twice or three times, and I was in the Brew Hall only really once. Games, right? We're talking during matches. Uh-huh. Sounds legitimate. No, period. In general. In general. Oh, you know what? We well, did, we did, well, we did show shows. There. Oh. So it's about the same. <laughs> you don't get the point. point. It, no, it's a best of tie. It's a best of tie. <laughs> what do you mean? You just did five <laughs> minutes on, well, I don't really, really know, confused. and now you're like, it's a tie. No, it's about, no, because I wasn't in there that much. I wasn't in there All that right, much. We're going to take it off the board. We can't confirm or deny it, so it's just going to have to. It's just going to have to be a push. Well, I, I feel guess. like this would be a loss for Rami or I if we were this indecisive, and you're just going to take it off the board for yourself. That's nice. 
Just call it a preseason well, no, game. You said just you call said, it a friendly. No, you said it was went, a friendly. Well, you said you went to Bat and Barrel twice. I'm going to let my lawyer speak. Everybody, for me now. Everybody, I, you know what? I've said too much. Everybody, hold on. No, I, I'm going I'm to settle this right. I need an honest answer from you, Phil Mackey. Yeah, oh, well, this when, is good. When you made that prediction. Go ahead, Giuliani. Where's my guy? When you made that prediction, were you considering that he was going to go there and do shows, or was it a prediction that just on his free time, on his own volition, would go to the beer hall? At Allianz Field more than he did to Bat and Barrel. I'm tearing Don't up try right and now. steal one. I knew, uh-huh, full disclosure, yes, <laughs> that our show would be there. Oh, you rigged the system. You rigged it then. I love this. You rigged it then. I think it's time for impeachment hearings on the show. <laughs> no, I Mackie love that fixer. play. Yeah, right. Mackie, Mackie, Mackie the Mackie fixer. And I love that play. And, and I know that we were there. At least twice. Twice. We did two shows from and there. And if Judd's answer, when I asked him three minutes ago, how many times were you in Bat and Barrel? And he said twice. Then he said, I was in the Allianz Brew Hall once as a fan. And then twice. Twice to with do the shows. shows. So, thank you. I, I mean, if, that, if, if that's what you were thinking, savvy, borderline, crooked play, <laughs> but you should get the hit. Unethical, for Unethical. sure. Unethical. Yes. And, and, and shocking that Jonathan Harrison. What are you talking about? Who has fixed every one of our cram sessions? It's yep. like I love this idea. Yep. <laughs> like how Rami's upset that someone's fixing stuff when I just fixed cram session for him two that's, weeks ago. That's true. Well, let's move on to. Too it. bad I didn't go in the Star Wars canteen a couple times, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to Judd's predictions. Judd, you said Kirk Cousins. You said this. You said this like back in the springtime that yeah. Kirk Cousins would throw two or more interceptions against Washington. Oh, and I originally saw the game on the schedule. That's right. You also said Rutgers would throw for more than 50 yards on Saturday. They threw for 48. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? That was still a good game. That was still a good gamble. 48. I take that gamble. So I take that gamble again. They're playing. So bad. They're playing Liberty on Saturday. Chip told me they're paying $1 million for what? Liberty to come to their stadium. And I believe Chip said that Liberty is in the second year of playing college football, Division One. They are favored. Liberty, Liberty is favored, <laughs> but they're in their second and year as a D, as a D one college football program. They're getting paid That's one million dollars, and they're favored to be the Big Ten team. The underdog is amazing. paying another wow. team to play them. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, you said you said Case Keenum and uh, Washington would beat yeah. the Vikings, and Cousins would throw an interception in the game. You said the Loons would make at least the Western Conference Finals, and you said Rutgers would get shut out by the Gophers. They snuck in a couple points there. Uh, Manny, you said Marcus Sherrills will return a punt for a touchdown last Sunday. It's so bad, Manny got a guy cut. <laughs> I know. He wasn't even, he wasn't even active, I don't no, think No, so. and then he got he? cut. This is the Manny curse right now. It's yeah. epic. It's, it's SI's cover. Oh, awful. It's yeah. the Madden game. Manny, you also said the Astros would clinch the ALCS last Friday that took, took an extra 24 hours. That's all right. And you said we'd see a repeat World Series. Yeah. However, did. you did correctly predict that the Volunteers would not get beat by 35 points by Alabama. Wow. 
Well, and they were actually had a chance to get right back into it, and then Jared Garantano just fumbled the ball trying to sneak it in, and Stefan Diggs' little brother ran it back 100 yards. Yeah. But, uh, but you get the point there. Yeah. Uh, Rami, you had one thing come off the board. At some point, you said that Mike D'Antoni will not be the Rockets coach in 2019 20. I don't even know why. <laughs> that was one of your first predictions. Was it? I think it was early on. All right. It yeah, was I'm super early. Sure. Yeah, you made a couple uh, like nervous predictions early on. Like you didn't really know the Wiggins one to the was it the like, Lakers? Wiggins would be a Laker to start the season. You guys, you guys backed me into a corner on that one. <laughs> you weren't properly <laughs> yeah. prepped. I don't think no. yeah, LeBron, said, LeBron was not going to go for that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So here are the batting averages as we sit right now. It's a very tight race. The listeners are still leading with a three hundred batting average. Ooh. Judd is in second place with a two ninety one average. I am now in third place with a three for three amazing week. Two eighty seven. Rami's batting three for three. Rami's batting two eighty four. Manny at two forty eight. Jonathan at two twenty seven. And our Eight. guest predictors are at two twenty two on the season. Good work, shoeless Joe. Write it down. You like writing things down. <laughs> Yeah, that was shady, dude. I prefer Sammy Sosa. Uh, <laughs> I'm corking my bat and on steroids. Good, right? you know, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you're playing some really good right field. <laughs> All right, we'll start with Judd here. Go around the room. Three predictions each. The Minnesota Vikings will make at least one trade before Tuesday's NFL trade deadline. Ooh. The Vikings will make at least one trade before. They're, they're going to get depth somewhere, I could feel it. I don't know if it's going to be, let's say, maybe the guard position where Pat Elfline's playing or maybe the secondary or something. Uh, one trade before Tuesday's deadline. Got a, Write got this a call down. this morning on Ventline for Geno Atkins. That was a really interesting call, and I really like that. Yeah. I like that call. That was good. That was very interesting. I was very into that call. <laughs> sincere, Judd. I, sincere. I enjoyed our calls today. Nice. Jonathan Harrison. Uh, Dalvin Cook will lead the league in rushing at the end of the regular season. All right. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to finish that way. He's good at football. Yeah. Write this down. Helps. Over to Manny Hill. My Vols will beat South Carolina tomorrow. I love that. Is there been a Vols prediction every week from, from you? Uh, so. Not every week. Actually, two weeks ago, I should have made one. I should have predicted them to beat Mississippi State, and I didn't. I you, chickened out, and they turned around and beat Mississippi State. Well, you just assured the Gamecocks of a victory, so <laughs> nice work. I, I don't know. Will Muschamp, man, he's going, a little, he's going a little crazy. He was not happy last week. Ooh, is he mad? Yeah. Write that down. Godless. Rami Makhlouf. Just because I need to catch up to Judd, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counterplay Judd. They will not make a trade before the trade deadline on Tuesday. And Andrew Wiggins will be a Patriot. I need to shade Judd. <laughs> you know, we had some we had some controversial strategies like that. It was yeah. like three years ago near the end of the year and write that down. And I can't remember who mirrored who, but somebody mirrored the other one's three picks to avoid extra I mean, things coming up. To the like board. the last three months. Yeah, last three months here, man. I gotta yeah. make up almost twenty points on Judd. That got pretty There's ugly. still a lot of time left here. A lot I know, of time left. I know. Don't forget the listeners. I'm not, that's not going to be my entire strategy, but I, I think I have to start considering that. Write this down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. All right, write this down. The Gophers have three games against ranked opponents coming up here. Penn State in a, in a what, three weeks, two, two weeks. So they have a bye week and then Penn State. Yep. Uh, Iowa and Wisconsin. The Gophers will win at least two of those games against the three ranked opponents. Ooh. Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin. So Which put them at ten wins, you think? Sets them up for possibly a double digit regular. You're saying season. they win two of those? I said at least two at of them. At least two of them. And Penn State's tough. Penn State's really good. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Judd. The Miami Dolphins will run the table this season and go 0 and sixteen. All right. I've mm. been talking about it. They're really good at it. 
0-160. They're also dedicated to it at right. this point. Yeah, it's uh, they're committed to they're it. They're all in. This is not oh we're bad. It is oh we're bad. We're really bad. They also didn't they have a shot at it ten years ago? The Cam Cameron year, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. they beat the But Ravens. they were dedicated to it. Are you proud when you're that good at being bad? Are you like, guys, we are crushing this. It's we a, are, it's we a are terrible. <laughs> they, yeah. Isn't this great? Yeah. They beat the Ravens that year, and that was the year Brian Billick got fired. High fives around the, the office Ravens. when they get their PFF grades yeah. on Monday. Cracking <laughs> champagne. You know what's you know a dedication to tanking when your left guard lines up facing the other way? <laughs> <laughs> Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back to Jonathan. You know what? Since you did the Gophers football prediction there, I'll do my right now the Gophers football team will finish with 11 wins this season so including a bowl game yes okay mm, 11 wins. exactly 11 wins yep okay write it down you like writing things down back to Manny uh, I'll make a Gopher prediction based on tomorrow's game. The Gophers will win, but they will not cover the spread against Maryland and we need a let's go 16 yeah they will not cover the uh, the 16 correct okay but they'll win <laughs> I think that's probably right. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Fade the ghost. All right, write this down. The Gophers will lose at least two out of those next three. Games. <laughs> well, this is what's going to happen now. <laughs> write that down. Everybody. <laughs> is this really going to happen? Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. Right. You can't talk after what you pulled off. You can't talk. That's true. You can't talk. What I pulled off was diabolical and genius, which is what I'm doing right now. I was used. I was played. I used my powers as content director to book shows in the brew hall to win a write that down point. Judd, Judd has been hoodwinked. Judd, you have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Thank you, Manny. That sounded really good. Oh, why are we at Why are we at Allianz Field every day this week? <laughs> <laughs> All right, write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. The Vikings will split their next two upcoming games against Kansas City and Dallas. They will go exactly one and one in those two games. Over to Judd. Write this down. Game day will come here. And it's going to be a parley. And Jason Fitz will play a country song on his fit fiddle for us. And Rami will leave the studio to keep up his country music charade. <laughs> it's not a charade. <laughs> it's not a charade. It's 100% so real. game day. And I don't care what your stupid We'll come to the says. Twin yeah, Cities. And Jason Fitz you. will play a country damn. song. And Rami will walk out of the studio to keep up Write the charade. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Over to Jonathan. The Washington Nationals will win the World Series at home. So they'll win it in the next three games. Wow. Okay. Mm. Is anyone rooting for the Astros? No, at everyone point? hates no. them. What's happening? Yeah. No. No. Good God. Did you see what happened with Jeffrey Lunau yesterday? Yes. And Jeff Passan has a, a long piece today on ESPN.com that's a marvelous read about they, the Astros' arrogance. They asked him if he apologized to the reporter who those remarks were directed at, and he said he's been really busy and didn't have time. So the reporter who asked him that question pointed out that she was in the room yeah. at the press conference. It's disgusting. And he basically said, I had a long conversation. I had to make a difficult decision to fire the guy who caused all the problems. Yeah, I want a stressful week. Bad things to happen to the Astros. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Over to Manny. Last prediction for Manny. Uh, The Chiefs will beat the Packers on Sunday. With or without Pat Mahomes. With or without. I'll I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll, I'll this. I'll make this right. Don't bite Manny. If Matt Moore starts for the Chiefs on Sunday, the Chiefs will beat the Packers. Oh, 
I like that. That's okay. So you're because it's, it's easy to say if, if Mahomes plays, it's easy to wait. It's easy hold, to say. wait, wait, hold on a second. He's saying if if he's saying if if more if if Matt Moore starts. So is he eliminating? So if yeah, it's a it's a well, they already ruled, they ruled out Mahomes today. Okay, Andy Reid said today Mahomes is, okay. is okay. not so playing. So, so, so you say Matt Moore will start? Okay, okay. And so well, then, okay. All right. So yep, then the, okay. the Chiefs will beat the Packers. And on just Sunday. for the record, you can do contingencies and write that down. If you say this will happen if this happens, but I just don't want all of them to be contingent. Is this, right. is this a man? Did you believe no? No. Like he's telling you the rules. <laughs> when did I lie? Fixed, when did I lie? After he fixed I never the lied. entire. After he fixed the whole thing, I never lied. He's lost all credibility. I got write you. it down. You I like writing used. things down? I haven't this been this down. Hurt in bamboozled, Judd. I've been this hurt since third grade at St. Teresa when uh, Christy Pete broke my heart. What was her name? Christy Pete. Christy Pete. Christy Pete. Hmm. First girl I had a crush on. Really? Mm-hmm. Heartbreak. Uh, yeah, because her old man moved the family. <laughs> because of you. Oh. No, it wasn't because of me. I didn't do anything Some wrong. Question. They just left. We were all wondering. He got transferred or something. I don't know. <laughs> this Judd kid won't leave my daughter alone. That's a good follow-up question. <laughs> get the hell out of here. <laughs> let's get in the let's get in the family station wagon and move. Hold up the U-Haul. New Mexico. Write it down. You like my down? Man, was that a foreshadowing? All right, just a, just an original prediction from me. I won't I won't fade your guys' picks on the last one. The Wolves will finish above 500 this yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to win at least 42 games. At least 42 right. games. All right. And uh, final prediction here. Write it down. You like writing things down. <laughs> Write this down. So not only is this a parlay, and he's going to have to because it's going to be a punishment. The first part of this has to happen. Rami will go to a musical this calendar year, 2019. <laughs> and he will admit that he kind of liked it afterward. Yeah. He will admit that he kind of liked it. Okay. <laughs> Might as well put that in red, buddy. <laughs> I've seen professional plays. I've seen professional musicals. I went and saw Eddie George in Chicago, and it, and I did not enjoy it. Like, I can sit there and go, I see you're talented. Look, at you, you can dance and sing. This is terrible. This is awful. This is terrible. You, just, you saw Eddie George? And yeah, he was in the yeah, musical no, Chicago, and he was, I mean... And you went to see it? Yeah, because he was going to be a guest on our show. Oh, okay. So I okay. wanted to see the play and talk about it in an educated and informed manner. Well, we'll and then I told we'll him, see. I was like, dude, I don't really like musicals, but you're, I guess, good at what you do. <laughs> yeah, the Chanhassen Dinner Theater might be the place where it all turns around for Rami. Okay. We'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah see. It, it will, because the room will be spinning. You'll be so drunk by the end of it. <laughs> It'll turn around, all right. Vikings nitpicks when we come back. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Second down and six. Haskins too high and now picked. McLaren was wide open, but Anthony Harris gets the interception. Here's a screen for Cook. Dalvin Cook still going. Hello. Looking for a block from Diggs. And we'll see where they mark him. He's out of bounds near the eight. Yeah, full coverage of last night's Vikings win from U.S. Bank Stadium at scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R north.com. We've got several written articles from Matthew Collar and Judd Zilgad. We also have, uh, I believe, three hours worth of Purple Daily, uh, a special episode. Sage Rosenfels is in town today, and so Collar and Sage did a special episode today, too. And also Vikings Ventline from last night and this morning. So uh, all the Vikings stuff 
that you can consume throughout this weekend as you uh, as you uh, have a Vikingless weekend ahead of you. But it's also on the Score North mobile app. It is, which is free, totally free for now. Really, really free for at now. least for we'll now. See. We'll see. Very possibly limited time. Yeah. Yep. Never know. Never know. Never know. Could happen. So nineteen to nine victory, and the Vikings doubled up Washington in yardage, and they're now six and two in their first half of the season. So a lot of great things. Kirk Cousins is the top-rated passer in the NFL again last night. Throws 23 of 26 for 285. So a lot of things to celebrate for the Vikings right now, but that's not what this segment's about. I want your nitpicks. We do this every time the Vikings play, day after. Your nitpicks from either the game or the broadcast. Let's just go around the room. Rami, you want to start? It was boring. It was just boring football, wasn't it? I mean, it was just a boring football game. That was that's my first nitpick. I was not all that highly entertained. As a matter of fact, were it not my job, I'd probably turn that game off in the third quarter. I don't know about you guys. I was I was done being entertained by by that game by I don't know halftime at the very latest. It was just boring. Everything about it was boring. Two thirty nine though. The Vikings were boring. It was quick. The and Redskins boring. were boring. Rob Manfred. Dude, that, is that the quickest Vikings game in the last ten years? I mean that's a lot of research to go through, but I was going to say that's a lot of game. That's a lot of game books to look at, but it's got to be close. Vikings game ended in two thirty nine. Dalvin Cook was exciting. He's a, whenever he you know gets the like? ball in his hands, that's exciting. Also, he's on my fantasy team, so that held my. Here's interest, what but. I liked: they swung at a ton of first pitches last night. <laughs> Dalvin <laughs> Cook came up, bang, swung at the first pitch. They did. Keep Kirk the, Cousins swung at the first pitch. Yeah, kept the line moving. <laughs> yeah. Baseball term. Uh, my nitpick is this, and, and I think this is going to change, so it probably won't remain a nitpick for long, but uh, I think Mackey predicted the same thing that I did yesterday, which was that this was going to be an Irv Smith game. Irv Smith targeted three times, cut three passes, all three for 21 yards, including a long of 11 yards from Cousins. Kyle Rudolph targeted three times, three catches, 17 yards. You watch Kyle run now, and God bless him, he can still block, and he's been a long-time Viking Again, don't mean to denigrate it. Super likable, charitable guy. Yeah, does a lot yep. of good, in, just like the Zuckers. They do a lot of good in the community. And that's and fantastic. God bless you for that. That's, <laughs> that's fantastic. fantastic. Yes. You and your family are helping people, and helping people is what life is all about. Unfortunately, sports are cutthroat. And the reality is, it's Irv Smith time, okay? So this doesn't mean Kyle has to be cut. This doesn't mean Kyle shouldn't play. He can block. But every pass that goes to Kyle, I think to myself, I wonder what Irv Smith would do with that pass. Dude, 100%. So let's I was just think of the same thing. Because um, Kyle gets the ball and looks sort of like Judd Zolgad with Aikman, the ball. Troy Aikman could not get enough Irv Smith last night. Every I, time he Don't was, you think it's legit, though? Every time he was in the frame, yeah. he was like, man, this guy. Dude, they had a, they had a tight end screen last night, and everything said, you, you know, like when you're watching TV and you're watching a football game, and you can kind of see, oh, it's really easy to see, oh, this is a screen. The offensive lineman let the defensive guys through. And, and you see that it's probably going to be a tight end screen because they're going to throw it out a little bit further. Yes. And I'm watching this thing play out like, oh, my God. There's wide open pastures. Oh, it's Kyle. Yep. Uh, probably going to trip over the 30-yard. <laughs> and he's such a good guy. But just to piggyback off Judd's nitpick, and again, it's kind of a small sample size because both guys have only been targeted combined 37 times on the season. So they're just not really using, they're not, lately, I would say in the last two or three games, the tight ends have mixed in a lot more. Both guys caught five passes last Sunday. Uh, both guys caught three passes yesterday. But Irv Smith Jr. is averaging three more yards per reception than Kyle Rudolph. And, again, I haven't grinded uh, every snap that the tight ends have played on film this season, but I'm going to guess that they're running similar routes for the most part. So just know that every time you give a ball to Kyle Rudolph, 
in a similar route or a similar situation that you could have given it to Irv Smith, you're consciously sacrificing at least three yards on that play based on the numbers so far yeah. this year. Do you think that's yak or do you think that's he's just getting to the spot faster? It's both. definitely some both. yak. You yeah. watch those guys run. I think man. it's both. But Irv Smith looks like he's really, really, really good. And Kyle, listen, had his time. But you see Irv Smith run and Irv Smith catch. I'm. How many times have you watched Irv Smith play? And I'm not saying that we would pick up on all the small things, but how many times this year so far in the first eight games have you watched him play and thought, "Wow, that was that was weird. That was clunky. That wasn't good." I can't think of one. No, it's just it's he looks he looks, looks like he belongs and he looks like he could be really really good. I mean, quite frankly, it looks like they've nailed two skill position player yeah. draft picks this year. Uh call I'll I'll give you guys a nitpick in a second here, but a caller called into Ventline last night and we got talking about running backs in the NFC North. Is it possible the Vikings have two of the three best running backs in the division right now? Yeah. Dalvin Cook, yeah. Aaron Jones, Alex Madison. Would yeah. you take anyone right now on Chicago or Detroit? Over Alex Madison, no. I heard great things about David Montgomery when he came when he was coming out of college for the Bears, but you got to use a guy for I, me to say I'd take him. Actually, he's hurt right now, and and I think he got hurt on Sunday in the Vikings game. But Carryon Johnson of the Lions is pretty good. But yeah, they've these two these two guys are fantastic. You know what? The top of the, this draft, and, and I know we all sort of got tired of Rick because he always trades down, and it gets annoying because oh, you got a second round pick going now. It's two third round picks or something. Um. Bradbury started to play well, right? Much improved last four games. Yeah. Madison's playing well. Irv Smith's playing well. The, the top of that draft looks pretty good right it now. Does. Yeah, and it's helping you right now. Uh, one of my nitpicks from last night—I don't remember the name of the who's number ninety-eight for Washington. Number ninety-eight came up the middle and uh, gave Kirk Cousins a little oh, love tap head by Ionitis. Okay. Doesn't that sound like a disease, by the way? I was going to say. I got a touch of the ionitis. You might want to wash your mouth. That was so Caught it in Washington. <laughs> his, name was, his name was Anderson when he got to Washington. <laughs> he, got on a, he got on a plane and went to Los Angeles, and now we've got ionitis all over the country. <laughs> but he came through, and I get it. It's, it was helmet-to-helmet condo. There was a 15-yard penalty for roughing the passer. So he, he bursts through the middle. Kirk Cousins throws the ball, and he pulls up. And puts his hands up to like stop himself, and he kind of. I said and, something and, about this. And yeah. as he kind of leans forward, he literally taps the helmet of Kirk Cousins, and Cousins didn't even sell it or anything. It was just like Cousins could have fallen to the ground, and even so, even Cousins thought, ah, whatever. And they throw a flag, and I get it. Textbook, it's probably a penalty, but all I could think of is imagine showing that clip to a quarterback that played in like the early 1980s. I was telling Manny last night on Ventline, one of my favorite videos when I was a kid. I had. A VHS copy of NFL's Greatest Hits. It was yes. a, it was a white case with red block lettering. Yeah, and it was literally forty five minutes of quarterbacks dying. You know? <laughs> yeah, jacked him up. Like, he but jacked no, him up. No penalties at all whatsoever. <laughs> and last night, this dude comes up the middle and his helmet grazes Kirk Cousins, and boom, it's a fifteen yarder. And you know, I'm not one of those. We got to go back to the old school concussion days. But I just was like, all right, let's let's draw a line somewhere. Lots here, of, okay? of concussions last night, gonna, though. Yeah, Case Keenum, Keenum, Rhodes, Rhodes was in the concussion protocol, but didn't have out. one. The guy for Washington, a defensive player, got one. There was like three or four last night. I'm not going to lie. Football, I'm right? entertained by violence. I'm not the first. Like gladiators were fighting back in Roman days, so I don't, I don't know if that makes me a bad person or an unevolved person. I'm entertained by violence, and like there's so much you can take out of so much of the violence you can take out of the NFL, and I'll still be entertained and happy with it. I like how we've gone from you know way back in the gladiator days 
the football games, quote unquote, would where there'd just be like a lion versus a human, right, and it would yeah. end in death. And now exactly. it's like, oh, if you graze someone's helmet, we're going to throw a flag. Yeah. What do you think about it in gladiator terms? Like, what's going on in the NFL right now? Soft, <laughs> super soft. These guys aren't tough. Is that not what you're tough at all. Gladiators, I thought you were not tough. Are you not entertained? Um, I'm surprised this hasn't come up an hour and 39 minutes into the show. Is Stefan Diggs fumbling a concern at this point? That's a nitpick for sure. It's it's got to be a nitpick. That's a trend that's bordering on concerning, is it not? Collar called it random. It's four fumbles and I think three lost. Yes, it's worth monitoring very closely because it did. They seem to be largely the same type of fumbles. Those crossing routes and he's getting the ball and he's not securing it or something. Uh yes, I would say I'm not saying I'm full out bothered by it yet, but. Come on, dude. The reason I don't You're think not Adrian Peterson. It's a nitpick for sure, but the reason why I'm not super concerned going forward is it's it's just something that you correct. If it starts to happen and people start ripping you for it and even so he had another big gain like five minutes later and right away, as soon as someone came with ten yards of I him, saw it was that. like, Okay, yeah. I'm not fumbling. And he went ball. down almost to a knee. Yeah. Like but, I'm not gonna fight for any yards. But the problem is the, the problem is in a game like last night, it's it's fine because Washington's just bad. The problem is the Chicago game. It happened. It cost you huge. Yeah. The Seattle game, the Kansas City game. Like that stuff can't, you can't have that. Yeah. Um, anyone, the final nitpick? I don't have it, but I heard, I know Danny had it, the uniforms. I like the uniforms they Better wore last night. Danny hates I them. I thought they were cool. I like the, uh, the all purple. I like the, the yellow block. I thought Color Rush was number. done. I thought we, we were done kinda, with this whole thing. It's kind of it's, it's not a mandatory color rush Thursday night, but if you want to mix it up and have an alternate uniform, I think you can. Do you want to col- sell more merch? Of the color rush, they are far from what was the worst. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was my takeaway. Seahawks looked like highlighters with legs. Oh, it was awful. It was terrible. <laughs> the worst was, was the first one, I think, of all time was a Buffalo Jets game. And what they didn't realize was, and I'm not being flippant here, People who were colorblind couldn't tell the teams that's apart. Right, yeah, right. that's right. I and they had to apologize that. and be like, oh, we're sorry. We didn't even think of that. Well, it's because like, it was the Bills and the Jets, the NFL probably did everyone a favor by... <laughs> just go ahead and turn yeah, it off. Yeah, just don't even worry about it. We'll wrap with Roycey when we come back here to the TCL studios, where we have two 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TVs. In fact, Rami and I, uh, you can find this, I think, now on our Score North Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram pages. We just did an episode of uh, TCL What Are We Watching? And I'll tell you what... So I'm a bachelor this weekend. The gal's out of town. And ordinarily you might think, all right, let's, uh, let's do some guy stuff. Let's party. Let's, uh, let's invite the, you know, I, when I'm a bachelor, I'm all about, I'm all about TCL TV and chill, Netflix and chill in a literal sense. Literally just sit there and watch all kinds of TV shows and movies that I need to binge. I'm probably going to watch some, uh, some scary movies this weekend on the old, uh, TCL TV. That built-in Roku device gives you access to 500,000-plus movies and TV show episodes. So if you're a cord cutter, no better TV than a TCL TV. Stop into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities and find out why TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Finally, sorry, Royce was on the phone. Is this the download, or is there something wrong here? No, Royce was talking to me about uh, L.A. Derby last night. Oh, while the download was buffering. It's because your guy. By the way, just quickly, Zlatan was amazing. Your guy's an ass. He's (laughs) he wouldn't talk to the TV people. No, of course not. He lost. Why would he? 
Because he only talks when they win. you're trying to get your sport more popular here. No, 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 He's 38. No, he doesn't care. Did you see what he did after the game? No, what? He went off the field some L.A. Because it was at his it was at LAFC's oh, I did place. See this, yeah. Left the field. Some fan was taunting him, and he did the old crotch grab <laughs> at him. Grabbed his junk. Saw that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. I like that. Yeah, this score download. Brought to you by the 2020 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. We'll use it to remind you about our podcast network. The Score North Podcast Network consists of more than a dozen shows from the Score North Twin Show and Raised by Wolves to the Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app, or just search Score North, S-K-O-R North, anywhere you find your podcast. That's been your Score North download. Now back to the final segment of the week of Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Mr. Soccer, TCL Broadcast Studios. It is time to wrap with Roycey. How about them Vikings, Patrick? Roycey, 6-2. and two. I, I'd rather talk about the crotch grab myself. Go ahead. Was, uh, what do you want to talk about? One of the great events of my life. I was in the old Milwaukee Arena when Charles gave him that shot one night. It was fantastic. They were taunting the hell out of him. <laughs> and Charles, Charles gave him a full fistful. It was fantastic. Uh, yes, the Vikings, uh, how did uh, they manage to only score 19 points? <laughs> it was hard. Yeah. They had, they had a yardage. yards. They ran the ball. They threw the ball. They one of four it. in the red they, zone, Pat. That's how, though. One of four in the red zone. Not good. Against a bad defense. That's kind of interesting because mm-hmm. they've been awfully good in the red zone the previous two games. So that was... Uh, but uh, 19 to 9, and uh, if I had taken my own advice and given the points, I would be irritated today because it should have been a 35 to 7 game, not a uh, not a 19 to 9 game, or 35 to 10, or some damn thing like that. Because it was no contest, and they only beat them 19 to 9. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, were you uh, impressed by the Adrian Peterson return last night, Pat? Five yards of carry, not too bad. It was a little better than I thought. Yeah, and he had one pop there for them. But uh, you know, I guess uh, I guess when you don't have when you've uh, kicked away every nickel he ever made and you're broke, you uh, got to keep running as hard as you can, huh? What is he now? Thirty four. Yeah. Yes, sir. Somewhere in there. Thirty four. Yeah. Yeah, and he's lucky he uh, got a coach fired there in uh, Washington, and uh, now he's got Bill Callahan who likes that running game. So, although didn't he? Uh, Callahan at one time make his rep as a passing game guy, but now it supposedly likes the <clears throat> likes the running game. But uh, it was an easy victory considering it was only ten points. Pat, were you at all concerned right. with how easy it was for Case Keenum and the offense to move the football in the first half against the Vikings defense? It's three weeks now that we've seen offenses able to move against them. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think some of the moving that took place the previous couple of weeks was uh, when you you know when you're going up and down the field, uh, you're uh, you're giving them possession, and I know everybody's down on Xavier Rhodes, but uh, I, if he's your biggest problem, you're in pretty good shape, I think. Because uh, as you guys were pointing out earlier today, I was listening that they. Uh, they they have options. It's not like they're stuck with him. If he if he's really going off the cliff, they you know now they could they use kid. They put, use the number one draft choice on him. They can start playing him. So they're paying him a lot of money. But yep. to me, they don't really have that many issues. I I think they're pretty damn good. So uh, I, you know, I I just was surprised they only scored nineteen points. Uh, Pat, there's a red side. I believe it's Chris Cotillo. I I've heard through the grapevine that he was reporting. Uh, Derek Falvey turned down the Red Sox in this search, and then they wound up on, is it pronounced Kaim Bloom? 
Oh yeah, and that's right. He's got the job, huh? He did get the job. Good. Yeah, I uh, I uh, got to spend an hour sitting in the dugout with him down in uh, Tampa this year. Really, really good guy. You know what he is? He's Levine to uh, that. that is it Neenander, Neenander, or whatever the guy? The there's there's like two of them, and they're equal down there. Except the other guy makes the baseball decisions, and uh, Bloom has applied for a lot of jobs. I mean, but he was the number two guy as far as making the baseball decisions, and he—I think he got interviewed for the Mets job too, and didn't get it, and a couple other jobs. But he's a—he's an impressive guy, and um, you know, can he get along with these uh, wackos that uh, run that team? Because they—they fired uh, Cherry—they fired Charrington for uh, relying, worrying too much about the farm department, and then they and hired Dombrowski and told him to win a World Series, and then they fired Dombrowski for not worrying enough about the department. After he won the World Series, exactly right. Yes, after he won the World Series, so they're goofy. But, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm happy for him. He's a, he's a classy guy, and I'm sure he'll be able to uh, handle that, uh, that crazed uh, Boston media and uh, be a little more forthcoming maybe than, uh, than some of them have been there. So Rousen leaves to but, become... But Albie, I'm not. are you surprised he, he would have turned it down? I'm not. I, I don't think, I think, uh, I think you got to be looking for a job and need a job to, to go to, uh, Boston because, uh, because of the ownership there. It's, and the first thing you want them to do is what? Drop $50 million worth of payroll. They're not going to let you resign Mookie. They're hoping JD Martinez drops out, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, now you get, you're hiring a guy from Tampa. He knows about, Reduce budgets, so I guess that's probably the part of the appeal of him too. Rousen leaves to become offensive coordinator and bench coach of the Marlins. Is that correct? Yeah, that shocked me. I love the new titles, though, Pat. Offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator. Yeah. When did we start having offensive coordinators? I think this is new. Unless I'm missing something. This could be the first one. Yeah, this could be the first one, Uh, and. uh, but uh, I wonder why he would. Uh, you know, it certainly could be that they were down on him. And what what would he be gaining here? He figures if Mattingly gets fired, he's next or something. I mean, I I don't know. I, I I'm very surprised. Maybe maybe it's a family situation where he prefers to be in Florida. I don't know. But uh, that Shelton, I think they're still a, it's looking like they might keep Shelton. Huh? It's uh, is there any what jobs left now? I don't think there's a lot of Mets and Pirates and and the Post had a story a couple days ago that he's going to get a second uh, round with the Mets. Hmm. Good. Uh, Yeah, somebody said, why would he want that job? And I said, pitching. (laughs) I'd a hell of a lot rather have that job than pitch. Because in Pittsburgh, you can start off with pitching. And if you can start off with uh, with, uh, three very good starting pitchers, uh, you can do some things. Ask the Washington Nationals about that. So. Yeah. That'd, that'd be a great job. I'd hate to see him go to Pittsburgh. Though. That's a dead end right there. There's, he's really a good guy. I think he can handle the New York media too. He's uh, he's got some personality. He's not quite as uh, restrained in his comments as Baldelli is. But boy, losing Rousen—that's that's uh, that's, uh, that's tough. And I I didn't realize until I read that piece they lost their minor league guy too. One of their minor league hitting guys got a job hmm. someplace at the big leagues. So that's uh, that's. Uh, that now they're finding out how the other half lives, huh? Because they've been raiding other teams, Tampa Bay. Everybody raids Tampa Bay, 
and now uh, they're getting raided a little bit. Pat, speaking of the Nationals, did you see that some of their some of their personnel are out there practicing the staging for a trophy presentation ahead of Game Three tonight? Yeah, I don't think you got it. Listen, I was in New York when they uh, they put the horses out in the bullpen of the uh, Red Sox or in the in the Mets bullpens uh, to get ready to uh, the police. Well, mounted police were ready to charge out on the on the field and keep the crowds back and uh, how that work out uh, in 1986. Uh, I, I wouldn't do that. I, I, I worry about, uh, I, especially playing this club and with Annie Ball as my chucker tonight, it can be 2-1 in a hurry because as much as he dazzled uh, uh, the Cardinals, I don't see him doing that tonight. Yeah. I, uh, I, stupid. It's stupid, I think, because it gives ammunition to a team that, you know, looks a little flat right now. So. Yeah. So, uh, what's, uh, what's on your docket this week? And you gonna go and, uh, you gonna go tailgate? Put on some maroon and gold and, uh, yeah, tomorrow. Well, and urge these guys to the top. What, what time we kick it off? 2.30. It'll be perfect. Yeah, I'm holding out for the Penn State game. I don't care about Maryland. I'm holding out for the Penn State game. Okay, that uh, that might uh, that might get me. Uh, is that already a night game, or don't we know? I don't think they've one? announced a time. Can for Pat it join yet. us for that? Yeah, we're gonna be we're yeah. gonna be living the sweet life. Get Pat a ticket you to the suite. Out with us. Well, if I go there, I'll probably hang out in the press box. So I, I, I don't need you guys. I can. <laughs> Sweet try in the fifty, Pat. It's way better than the press box. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Free food. There's yeah. free food too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, the drink he doesn't do me good. Hey, uh, by the way, Rami, I heard you guys talking about Glenn Robinson today, the big dog, the yeah. old big dog. Yeah, I was at his first ever Big Ten game at Purdue. They, I, they, I went down there and covered it. And they were playing Michigan, and I. Was that the uh, dream team? Was that the uh, not the dream team? The, uh, the Fat, Fat Five. Five. Was that? Yeah, I think it was the Fat Five, and that was a hell of a game. But what I remember is I was sitting right behind Katie's wife at this little press box table they had, and she had more uh, hairspray than any human being in history. And I damn near, <laughs> like, it was it was worse than drinking a quarter gin, man. I damn near tipped over. <laughs> Gene had the great hair, though, Pat. The, the, the Gene Katie toupee. Oh, Gene had. She had worse hair, and hers was worse. This is ridiculous. It was worse. It was you could have hit her with a rock, and it would have. Been- <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat. We got to go. We'll see you Monday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's what happened with Royce. Uh, Mackie and Jeff with Rami podcastable Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app. Game three of the World Series is next on Score North.